Welcome into another edition of The Session with Londa and David. My name's David Austin, and sitting across from me, as always, the most beautiful tattooed lady I've ever met. Oh my gosh. Her name is Londa Sherwood Austin, and the Austin stands for We're Married. There you go. That's what it stands for. That's right. How are you, sweet girl? I'm great. We are in a new location today to our viewers. This is my actual office in Kennewick, Washington. Here we are. Welcome. And our studio is usually in our Florida office, which is the home of Sherwood Austin Growth Growth Consultants. Not experts. Growth Consultants. We are experts. Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants. Yep. Okay, that makes more sense than Sherwood Austin Growth Dynamics Experts, which is what it was wow, originally. Wow, wow, wow. And it was too mouthful. much of a mouthful. Too much of a mouthful. Yeah. Did not work. No. No. Terrible. Hello. How are you? Welcome. This has been a fun week so far. It's been packed. Because we drove across the country. Indeed. And, and got here on Friday. We did. Blew through the weekend, saw all the family, had the grandson Easton's first birthday party, yes. which was great. So fun. Pool and party. That's exactly Can't go right. wrong with that. And then after that, we came to work on Monday uh, yeah. and went to our regular roles in Washington as you, a licensed real estate agent, and yep. me, a licensed mortgage loan officer with Envoy yes. Mortgage. However, on Monday, I did have three different meetings mm-hmm. for our consulting firm, Awesome. Yep, including a, a training for a sales force um, here. So that which leads me into something I've realized. Okay, before you say that. <laughs> you did a training on Monday for a salon called the Bloom Room Salon. Yes. And it was for two super seasoned uh, uh, stylists and one nationally known educator. Yes. And another state educator. Right. Both employed by the Bloom Room Salon, which yep. is awesome. I don't know of any other salon that has a national educator and a state educator they're together. Both, they're both state educators, yeah. Well, that's right. But yeah. the, the one that's putting together curricula for a national thing is also working there. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know of any other salon that has two I don't know. Maybe they do. We just don't know. Maybe. And then the rest of the staff, which are... Stylists. Stylists who are a little younger, maybe, in some cases. Um, and um, newer to the trade. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So when you talked to them Monday, mm-hmm. I think you were talking about the basics of customer service. Is that correct? The basics of sales, really. Okay. The, the basics of the sales process. Okay. And what I've realized in working with a lot of businesses over the years is their basics are missing. Right. So what I stopped you from saying at the very beginning before getting a clear definition of what we did <sighs> was you realized a lot of businesses yes. miss the basics. So, you know... We tell them to increase their sales. We might even tell them how to increase their sales or whatever. Sometimes we have to dial it back to, you know, you say uh, make make X number of phone calls a week. Right. But if they don't know 
what to say when they make those phone calls right. or who to make them to, mm-hmm. then you've got to unwind that a little further. So we did a lot of that kind of thing. That did makes a, sense. Right. So a lot of basics that I guess when you're in the industry for so long, you kind of forget. Um, you forget people don't know what a database is. I, I never knew anyone that didn't know what a database was. When you're brand new to sales, you don't know that term. Okay. Your database is all the people that you know, the people who are currently clients or customers, the people that could potentially be clients or customers. Everyone you know and everyone you meet needs to go into what we call a database. And you manage the database typically with a CRM, right? a customer relationship management system right uh, where you track all of these things so this some of this is brand new information to people just getting started in a position where they've got to make sales or they've got to fill the seat and I really liked one of the things that the, the, the points that you brought up was that the job that you do and in this case it was stylists right. cutting hair doing hair is not the job it's a function of the job. Tell us a little bit more about that. The job is getting butts in the seats. Yeah. You can't cut the hair if you don't get the people in the door. Right. And, you know, when you are at a salon, um, and I don't mean one that's in the middle of a shopping mall where walk-ins are all they do. I mean Mm -hmm. a professional salon by appointment. Right. You have to set those appointments. Right. Because if you don't set the appointments, no one sits in the chair. And... How do you set the appointment? What do I say when I call the people? We talked about a lot of that. I wrote a lot of scripts for this group. Mm-hmm. Um, I said a lot of scripts on the fly right. during this training. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I want to share some of that information here because I think it's important uh, to share with, with our people. I would love that. And, you know, you've always said, and I think Gary Vaynerchuk says the same thing, Give away all the content. Yeah. And if you, you... You can't give too much away. That's exactly right. And, you know, some people... We had a conversation today with a business owner who was like, well, I don't really want to tell you what I'm doing because mm-hmm. I don't want someone to steal the idea. And people are going to steal the ideas. You know, the only idea that they're not going to steal may be some electronic device that you are creating, Maybe. And and in that case, you get that thing patented and you release that thing. Well, my response was the amount of intellectual property that I've had stolen from me over the years is astounding. Mm -hmm. The The amount of written material that I've had stolen from me because I showed it to someone or shared it with someone, they, this literally happened. They took it, copyrighted it under their own name and then published it. And sold it for years. How badly does that make you want to set somebody on fire? It doesn't anymore. But it did then, I bet, huh? It did. It was, well, it hurt me more than anything. Right. You know? But who, like, who cares? I'm still here. I'm still successful. I still have a great life. Like, who cares? Whatever. Give it all away. You know? So we talked about, like, first of all, where do you find these people? You know, if let's say you're trying to build a database of 500 people, let's start really small. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and people say, well, I don't know 500 people. Well, social scientists say you know at least 2,000, by the way. And everybody's Facebook has a lot of people on it that they went to high school with or that right. they blah, blah, blah. And one thing that I heard someone say in that deal is there are people from my high school that I don't want to connect with. 
well, I got bad news for you. You got to fill the seats. And until the seats are full, yeah. use everything you can to get butts in those seats. It's absolutely true. So when I'm helping someone build their database, I start with the contacts in their phone. Right. Is every contact in your cell phone in your database? It never is. Never, ever. Especially for people who've never heard the word database. And, you know, yeah. I have been doing some form of professional sales mm-hmm. for so long, I don't even remember the first time I heard that term. Does right. that make sense? Mm-hmm. So to me, it's inconceivable. Right. And I bet most business owners are exactly that way. They are, which is why they expect things from their team that the team can't deliver because they're missing the basics. Right. So you start with the contacts in your phone. Every single contact in your phone needs to be in your database. The next easy way to do it, as you already mentioned, is you go to your social media. Right. And those contacts need to be in your database. That's right. Um, Your friends, your family, everyone you know, Aunt Sally who lives out of state. It it doesn't (laughs) matter. They They need to be in your database because everyone you know needs to know who you are and what you do. That's exactly right. And that's the basic tenet of all sales. Mm-hmm. Tell people who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing that, they don't know. Right. I, I've told that story before about the realtor who was ticked off because she was the uh, treasurer of her kid's PTA. Yeah. And the vice president bought a house and used a different agent. And right. she was furious. And I said, well, have you ever told her you're a real estate agent? Well, no, she should know. Well, that's irrational. No one should know what you do unless you've told them what you do. Right. And if you haven't told them what you do, they don't know. And yes, they're going to use someone else. Yeah. Yeah. People don't magically, they're not magically aware of your talents unless you find a way to show them what your talents are. Right. Right. Yeah. So we talked about phone calls Mm -hmm. and the importance of phone calls Mm -hmm. a lot. All of my scripts can be translated to text message, social media, all of them. Right. However, I talked a lot about the power of the phone call. Right. And they're like, well, we're all millennials. Great. Because a millennial, when their phone rings, they think it's one of two things. It's a uh, some kind of robo caller, right? right? Or it's an emergency. Right. And they always look. Yeah. And if you're one of their friends... They will pick it up. Because they think there's an emergency. And what do you do if they don't pick it up? Okay, so you double tap them. Double tap is when you call, you get the voicemail. Don't leave a voicemail. Hang up. Call right back. Statistically, 50% of the time, they'll answer when you call the second time. Oh, because they're like, oh, they'll leave a message. But if it rings again, oh my God, now it is an emergency. Maybe. Okay. Okay. You're trying to get in touch with people. And if they don't, then you leave a voicemail. Right. And there's a script for that. And it's really simple. You just say, hey, this is me. Call me back as soon as you get the chance. Thanks so much. Click. Like, it's really quick. Right. If I called you, hey, David, it's Londa. Call me back as soon as you get my message. Thank you. Click. And let me tell you something. That is a script that I learned in radio to get past the gatekeeper at a business. Tell me more. If you call the gatekeeper at a business, right? What's the gatekeeper? Because we're talking very, very basics. The receptionist who, if you're calling a business, doing business-to-business sales, 
the first line of defense yeah. for the business owner is someone who goes, thank you for calling uh, Envoy Mortgage. This is Allie. How may I help you? Right, right. And at that moment, this is what you say. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Hey, can you tell Rob David's on the phone? Thanks. Beautiful. That's all you say. When she gets to Rob, she says, hey, Rob, uh, David's on the phone? Some guy saying, tell Rob David's on the phone? And unless the guy is a uh, sociopath, yeah. immediately, psychologically, they think, David, which David, David did I David, tell David, to call? David, which David. I better pick it up because David is calling me back. Right. Hello, this is Rob. Rob, this is David. How are you, man? Oh, I'm great. Right. Hey, listen, I'm calling you today because, and then boom, boom, boom. Right. Right? That's yeah. how you sneak you, past you the You go into it a little faster than I do. Right. You know, how's it going? What's new in your world? I kind of like to to uh, spend a little time building some rapport. Which is great. But really quickly get to, hey, listen, and this is a great script. Hey, listen, I don't want to keep you. The reason I called is right. blah, blah, blah. And when you're building your database, a lot of times... You have that little chit chat at the beginning where you're asking them about their life, which is called rapport building. Right. Then you get to the part of, hey, I don't want to keep you that long. The reason I called is when I picked up the phone today and dialed your number, I noticed I don't have your mailing address and I've got something to pop in the mail to you. Can I just get that from you real quick? See, that's simple. And my thing was to get past the gatekeeper in business to business sales Mm -hmm. and get a meeting with the decision maker. So I would say, hey, I'm not going to keep you. Uh, You and I ran into each other three months ago at the chamber meeting, and I am, boom, and I go into what I'm doing. Who you are and what you do. I've called every dentist in town. I am trying to get three dentists to sit down with me so I can talk about how to grow their business. I'd like you to be one of the dentists. I really liked running into you at so-and-so. Let's get together. Yeah, which I, is better for you. And I say, I only need 10 minutes of your time. That's beautiful. To see if it makes sense for us to do business together. I hope people are writing feverishly because we are <laughs> dropping scripts that are amazing. Right. Amazing. And when you say to somebody, it'll take 10, I only need 10 minutes of your time to see if it makes sense for us to do business together. That's gold. Immediately, they, they're thinking, well, I'll qualify. Are you kidding me? Right. Who, do, who does this guy think he is? Right. So they walk in the meeting knowing that they're going to buy your service because they will qualify. Right. Yep. Who yep. does he think he is if, <laughs> if he's got to qualify me? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yep. anyway. We also talked a little bit about when you have a cancellation, you don't have free time. Right. When you have a cancellation, you've got to replace that appointment. Right. And that's true. And that's true in every business. So, yeah, yeah. So, let's say you have an hour booked out for an appointment. Mm -hmm. And you get a last-minute cancellation on that hour. Mm -hmm. One thing you're going to do is try to reschedule them. And we talked about that, too. You... If you haven't spoken to them directly, you always call, always pick up the phone. If they no show you, you call to find out if they're okay. Right. And this is where a little bit of empathy goes a long way. I assume anybody who no shows me or cancels on me at the last minute is dying in a ditch in a horrible car accident because why else would you cancel on me? Right. Why would anybody cancel on you? Have you seen you? Look at you. 
Anyway, so so I come from a place of genuine care. Yes. When I'm calling them, hey, is everything okay? And if I leave, I have to, and often you do have to leave a voicemail. Right. So I'll say, hey, this is Londa. We had an appointment scheduled and you missed it. And I'm genuinely concerned. I hope everything's okay. You didn't have some kind of emergency come up. Will you give me a call back and just let me know that you're okay? I guarantee when you leave that message, instead of, hey, where are you? Right. I'm sitting here, wait, I, I... Oh, don't leave that message. You know what I mean? Blech. People do, though. Yeah. I'm sitting here, it's 20 minutes after the time that we decided we were going to meet. Where the heck are you? And a lot, I've yeah. heard salespeople say, this is disrespectful, and I'm wildly disappointed. No, no, no. Terribly You don't bad. know, because I have had that happen. Sure. Where somebody no-showed me, and I found out later, they were in the hospital. Right. They ended up in a horrible... Th- and that's when I realized, if I just think that about everyone who no shows me it puts me in the right frame of mind so that I'm caring about the person rather than being pissed off because I lost out on potential business absolutely yeah I love that so so if you you try to get them rescheduled mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that's great but you have to replace that hour that you lost that's exactly right so you spend that hour dialing for dollars another common term right. in sales, yes, which means you get on the phone, you get on your social media, you get on your text, you whatever you have to do, but you start contacting people. That's right. And you don't stop for that hour till you have that hour replaced in your schedule. Here's something interesting. Um, a lot of people believe social media is the only way to market. A lot of people, especially young people who are very social media oriented, Mm -hmm. um, and they say things like, hey, what are you doing to market? What I do to market is I pick up the phone. Right. But social media is a great second tier marketing thing. Mm -hmm. If you, just like I tell you when we do the podcast, I always get at least one loan application. Right. Because people are thinking of me that have listened to the podcast and they think, oh yeah, David's a lender. I'm, I, I need to get in yeah. touch, right? So that is a great uh, supplemental marketing stream. Well, it all, listen, attention is the commodity, right? That's right. Grabbing people's attention. That's right. And however you have to do that. And today we have to do it in a multifaceted way. Right. You've got to be on the phone because it's unexpected today. Right. Not only unexpected because people don't call as much, but unexpected because the level of commitment and care it takes to make a call. Yes. And you've got to be on social media. And you've got to text. And you've got to send emails. Yes. Which people say nobody opens emails anymore. It's not about opening the email. It's about seeing your name in front of them. And if people didn't open emails, Amazon wouldn't thank me for my order every single time right. I order something. Thank you. Jeff Bezos' minions would not be sending me, hey, David, how do you like that microphone we right. sent you? Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. So people open emails. Right. Statistically, it may not be 100%, but I guarantee you people are opening emails more than they're opening direct mailers in their yeah. mailbox. Yeah. And and that brings me to that. Another way that you should be reaching out to your clients is handwritten notes. Yes. Look, can I tell you something that makes me furious? Yes, please do. Faux handwritten notes. I hate them. They make me want to burn the building to the ground that it came from. A lot of people love a company called Send Out Cards. Mm-hmm. 
And I can understand why people use it. It's convenient. It's easy. It's supposed to look like a handwritten card. And, and I think they can be effective to a certain degree. Right. And I believe a handwritten card, and let me give you a hot tip, it doesn't have to be your handwriting. <laughs> it just has to be someone's. Someone's handwriting. Well, I just, I met with a client on Monday um, just a one-on-one, uh-huh. and I said to that client, um, w- who's doing your thank you notes? And she said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, who's doing them? Well, I do them when I do them. I just don't really have time to do them. Who could be doing them? Well, I've got a 17-year-old who really wants to help in the business. Yep. Every client you have is going to believe that 17-year-old's handwriting is yours. Like, it doesn't matter. You give the scripting, you give the wording and have them write the cards. It doesn't, it doesn't matter so much who writes them. Right. As long as they're handwritten. As as long as they can carry out the sentiment that you're trying to convey in the way that you're trying to convey it, which the way you do that is with script. You give them a written script and this is what they write. That's right. That's absolutely genius. And the client you're speaking of, if someone spotted her 17 year old writing the note, they might think it's her. I mean, they're similar looking, those two. Okay. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. So, and then you can put the 17-year-old on your payroll because it's tax-free because they're under 18. So it, there's all kinds of things you can do there. But, but another way, back to this, to reach out to your clients is handwritten notes. After you complete a service for someone mm-hmm. and... Like for us, it might be the initial intake call where they've now become your client. Right. Send a thank you note. For the stylists that we met with, when the service is completed, send a thank you note. I like that. I, I, you know, I challenged them to send two thank you notes a day. Mm-hmm. And they really initially were struggling to think of who to write those to. And we talked about anywhere that you get, if you don't have a big, client base and you can't not enough to send two notes a day to clients right then anywhere you go and get great service send them a thank you note with your business card maybe and maybe not it depends it depends okay tell me what what it depends on well sometimes it doesn't make sense to send a thank you card i mean um uh, excuse me to include a business card um, I can't think of a specific example right now. You wouldn't send okay, a Okay, for instance, co- I got it. So if um, if somebody invites you over to dinner, right. for dinner, yes. you're going to send them a thank you card. You, you don't need to include a business card. It's weird. Unless you haven't told them who you are and what you do. For the love of God, if you had dinner with them, I hope that at some point you're telling them, I'm just saying now, tell them, you got to work what you do into the conversation Absolutely. casually in some way. At the salon, I blank. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I was cutting hair last week at the Bloom Room and blank. Right. And hopefully some of their conversation is, hey, I, I need to fill my books a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Who do you guys know that might need my services? If you're not saying that, if you're not training your friends, family, and customers how to refer you... They won't. Right. I was married to a lady for 20 years who never referred a deal to me. Her boss referred deals to me, and she said to me, 
It's a conflict of interest. I, I, I can't really do that. What's the conflict? You work with someone. You believe your partner will give your friends excellent service. So instead of getting referrals from her, I got referrals from her boss's boss because he was a buddy of mine. So he would say, oh, Sarah's husband is a lender. You need to go see him. Right. Yeah. Crazy. So um, then, so we we shared the writing the thank you notes everywhere you get good customer service with this group of stylists about a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things we focused in on. In the training we did on Monday with them, uh, one of them said they got a new client from his dentist office recently mm-hmm. because he sent a thank you note after his appointment at the dentist just thanks for the great service. I really enjoy your office. It blah, 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 whatever. And here's a few business cards in case you know anybody in the office who's looking for a new stylist. Right. He put five business cards in it and got a new client out I don't think there's any time the business card doesn't make sense if you put that in the text. You know what I mean? Hey, sure. thanks for a great dinner. And just, okay. just a reminder, I would love to see any of your friends who need haircuts. Here's my card. There you go. I, I, I see. It, it's just like when you have great service at a meal. Right. If you've got a business card in your pocket, you put that in with the tip. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. So anywhere you go, leave your business card, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a card, a physical card, Mm-hmm whether it is a digital card, whether it your business card is your Instagram page, right. you make sure it's something shareable that you mm-hmm. can share with the server at the restaurant. or yes. the. And if you're like, well, it's just too weird to, you know, I can't share the digital card because they have to have their phone, but then you better order some cardstock cards. I'll tell you what, if you're a hairstylist, and you are not giving pens to servers, you're missing the mark. Oh. For a buck a pen, you can get personalized yeah. pens that say... Uh, name of salon. Name of salon, stylist, phone number. And every time you go to a restaurant, you take five pens, and you set them with your business card in the tip thing. Mm-hmm. Every server needs pens. It's true. There's a lender buddy of mine in town... And he always has 10 pens in his pocket when he goes to eat. And he always gives the server pens. And that guy does 30 to 40 million a year in business. There you go. It's that simple. You know what I mean? Yep. Tell people who you are and what you do. And if there's a way to stand out, you should do it. Right. You know? Once you're, you're, you know, you're, you're building your database, you're using a CRM, a, mm-hmm. a customer relationship management system. <laughs> it's a big lot of words. Um, you use that to track your people. Yes. Track your customers, track your clients. The information that you want in that um, CRM would be things like their name, phone number, email address, mailing address. There should be a section in there for family and favorites. Right. And what I mean by that is I make notes about their family. Uh, Are they married or single? Do they have kids? Do they have a pet? Mm -hmm. What is the pet's name? I'm not kidding. Like, 
all of the information about the family, how, if they have kids, how old they are, are they into sports, you know? Um, and then the favorite section is like, where's their favorite coffee shop? What's their favorite beverage? Mm -hmm. Um, what's their favorite sports team? Do they have hobbies? What are those? And sometimes you can data mine on social media to find out some of those things most of the time. Um, and you make notes about that. And then you make notes about the services that you provide to them, the conversations that you have, things that you want to remember related to the business of it, but also things you want to remember related to their personal lives. And the reason that you do that is so that you can build relationship with these people. You know, when you, well, I just went yesterday to get a baby gift for a client of ours that mm -hmm. we share yep. in real estate and lending. Um, and I couldn't remember, uh, are they having a boy or a girl? I can't remember. I go to Facebook, I go to their Facebook, I date a mine. Oh, that's right. They're having a boy. It's due this time. Da, 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 da. I go to Target, I get the baby gift and we're going to be dropping that off to them while we're here. And data mining is genius. Yeah. Facebook is the easiest thing in the world. You used to have to be an amateur sleuth <laughs> to be able to get information on prospects. Oh, you yeah. no longer have to be. I know, it's beautiful. When I started as Les Savage's preferred lender at Oasis Custom Homes, which is now shut down because he's retired. Right. But when I started as his preferred lender, he thought I was a genius because I could always find the people who came in and filled out the thing online. Well... I would Google their address or I would Google their phone number right. or I would go to Facebook. And it it wasn't genius. It was just new information then. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Now, everybody does it. Right. And it's so simple. Right. My mother would have loved the modern information age. Right. Because she was the kind of person who would have, with every person she ever walked by, gotten on Facebook and found out all their info. Right. And then gone to visit and said, hey, by the way, I was on your Facebook and I saw blah, 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 blah. And how was that? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So before you make those calls to your people, when we're talking about building rapport, mm -hmm. um, asking them about themselves, if that conversation stalls mm -hmm. and they're like, well, there's nothing really new, because that's a common thing people say. Right. If you've data mined on social media you can say what you just said. I saw on Facebook that you guys just went to Mexico. That for seems vacation. new to me. How, How was, was that? that? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about that. That's right. Because they'll say, people who aren't big talkers will say things like, oh, it was great. I had a client here now today. Now your conversation stalled again, and you've got to say, well, tell me more about it. I had a client here today, and his wife was clearly the conversation person in the relationship. And they both look dramatically younger than they are. They're our age, but they look young. And I said to him, he was wearing an Airbender t-shirt. And I said to him, I'm really angry right now. And he said, why? I said, because you look like one of my kids and I look like your grandpa. And he <laughs> laughed and laughed. And he's five years younger than me. That's it. Oh. Five years. Anyway, I said to him later in the conversation, because, you know, in what I do, I get a lot of personal information from mm. people, right? Because yes. I'm a lender. Right. Um, Finally, I turned to him and I said, boy, you're not the talker in this relationship, are you? And he laughed and he goes, no, I, I don't have much to say ever. <laughs> oh, 
Okay. Yeah. It was a happy interchange, but it was funny because there are people who are not big talkers, right? Absolutely. And so you have to hone your skills of being able to ask questions to kind of draw those people out and learn more information. And the way where you practice doing this is with your closest friends and family. Right. So, you know, and then you practice by doing. And I told, you know, like I told the stylists at the salon, these, these scripts will not work the first 10 times, but they will work the first hundred times you make these calls. Right. You know, you don't, cause I've had clients in the past that have said, oh, well I tried that script. It didn't work. And I say, well, how many calls did you make? Three. Well, I made, you know, what, whatever, seven. Yeah. I made 12, whatever. Well, make 500 and then tell me it doesn't work. Right. Because I know they do. Right. I've been writing scripts for a long, long time, and my script writing has evolved as the culture has evolved. There's some trainers, sales trainers, that are still using scripts from 1993 thinking they're just fine. They are not just fine. Because the, the world outdated, has changed. They sound outdated. They're terrible. Move on. Yes. And if you're... Working with a trainer like that, you need to come see us. <laughs> but I got news for you. If you do the basics and you make 100 phone calls, yeah. even if the script is even crap, if the script is garbage. somebody is yeah. going to glom true. onto it. It's true, but, but work smarter, not harder. That's right. And, you know, you can do... It, it's hard when you start making those calls. It's mm-hmm. scary. It's the, you know, 300-pound phone, right? It's hard to pick up. Uh, however, practice... Mm-hmm. practice. And you brought up a really good point. If you're starting with your closest people, your kind of inner circle, you can tell them, I'm calling because I need to practice this script and I'm really nervous. Will you just, you know, play with me? Yeah. If, if I'm telling you now, it works every I've single time. If you call someone you like and say, hey, I do not like making these phone calls. It's something our boss is requiring us to do. Can I practice on you? Yeah. I guarantee the person you're talking to says, of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they're in a business meeting or uh, singing in the choir at church, they may not say, of course, but that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No one who cares for you says no to you saying, I need help. Can I practice? Yeah. No one. Absolutely. It's your how I... first real mm-hmm. estate deal. You told us two weeks ago, mm-hmm. you put on Facebook, hey, I've got to learn how to do CRMs. CMAs. If, CMAs. Yes, not CRMs. I'm so excited about this show topic. I'm switching all the letters. So <laughs> CMAs, which is a competitive market analysis. Mm-hmm. And I need to practice. If there's anybody out there who has time to let me come to your house mm-hmm. and practice doing a CMA, please DM me. Yeah. Privately. Private message me. Yep. Yeah. And that first one you got was your first deal. Yeah, it was my first listing. First listing and first sale and you got another buyer out of it. So you got three deals out of that one practice session. Yeah. And a lot of salespeople who I, use scripting like that, I think you said three. I'm I, trying to remember. I think in two weeks I did that. I did like eight of them in two weeks. Right. And out of those first eight, I ended up with six deals. <laughs> they weren't all at the same time. I ended up right 
during those two weeks, I ended up with three deals. Right. And then later, in fact, um, two, three, three and a half years later, mm-hmm. one of the people that I did that practice CMA with mm-hmm. called me and said, we're ready to sell our house. Can you come and do another one of those things you did before? Perfect. <laughs> I mean. It's great. Yeah. And and that's literally the script. And yeah. a lot of salespeople who are not dying to be successful right. will get one person to say yes mm-hmm. and never do it again. Well, I sold their house, helped them buy another one. I sold their kid's house, helped them buy another one. So that's four right there, not three. So four deals out of, out of that, that one, one meeting. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. And that's how it works. Mm-hmm. If you just do the basics. I was talking to somebody the other day about uh, they they were a very successful realtor and they were derailed by 9-11, mm. right? And they were derailed because they had systems in place to maintain their business, and then the business landscape changed. So their business went down. I submit to you, if you're in a growth mode in your business and you're doing the right things, the effects of the marketplace are immaterial. Let me say that one more time. It doesn't matter what happens in the marketplace if you're Mm -hmm. doing all the right things. It really doesn't. And you can say and do everything wrong and still be successful if you've got the right mindset and the right heart behind it. I promise you that. And I said that recently to a client as well, because they were asking, well, what about this? What about that? And everyone else is doing this and everyone else is doing that. I said, you need to put your blinders on. I like that. You're running your race. Yes. It does not matter what everyone else is doing. Yes. Unless they have what you want then you can go and you can learn from them, learn how they got it. And that was another thing I did in the beginning is I, I interviewed a lot of realtors. Right. Because you can pick up little bits. Right. You know, from, yes. from everybody. And if you're not open to doing that, you'll fail. But you have to know what your path is. Okay. You have to know where you're going so that you're not uh, distracted by all the noise. Right. Because you can get, whoa, you can get, really distracted in sales. Right. You you can get distracted just from all the sales training that's available. And you can get distracted by the people in your building. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Somebody down the hall may want to, you know, go. let's go have a quick one. You know what I mean? In the middle of the day. And now you're drinking at one in the afternoon rather than focusing. No, 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 no. Do you know what I'm saying? Knock that's that an shit easy off. <laughs> that's an easy distraction. It is, but it's just like lunches and right. and you know, it's really easy to go to lunch with your coworkers, but it doesn't make you any money and right. it can't make you any money and it will never make you any money. It will only cost you money. So instead, call up somebody in your database and invite them to lunch. That's a great point. And the only way I can tell you it makes money is if they're business partners of yours and you're talking about growing the business and you're talking about strategies on how to do it. That's the only that's a different, way that makes That's a money. different thing, though. Right. But if, you're, if your name is uh, Kevin and you work for a cell phone company, if you're going to lunch with Joe from the same cell phone company, you're not selling a cell phone. That's right. 
if you're going to lunch with the guy that works at the shoe store across the hall, you might sell a cell phone. Right. And, and, and when you take it to the next level, what you start doing is you start strategically planning those lunches yep. where you invite a couple of people who need to know each other. And then you start becoming a connector of yep. people. Oh, people love that. They appreciate when you connect them to someone they need to know. And business comes out of that naturally. Absolutely. We did the the show called Givers Gain, where we talked yeah. about how giving referrals will help your business grow. Mm-hmm. Connecting people together will not only help your business grow, it will enrich your life. 100%. There you go. That was good. Throw down the mic. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is fire. I'm going to tell you right now. Well, straight and, fire. And, you know, I've got this new system that I'm doing now. I've done it twice in a row where I pull out the best nine minutes of the show. Which I love. Now, it is the best nine minutes according to David Austin. Well, abs- no. The first one you told me, the last nine minutes of the show is fire. That's oh. what you said. And oh. so I okay, said. Okay, yeah, I did. So I, I said, did. I did. Right. Uh, okay, honey, I'll pull out the last nine minutes <laughs> no, for you because I think you're pretty. And I, I think that. So I do. So, no, I, I think it's working. And it's because one of my business partners does not have 40 minutes to sit and listen to a show. Yes, he does, by the way. But he has nine. When he's on the treadmill, he can. He can he listen ha- to it. He has nine. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. And I would say people who listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. they find time to listen to them. We listen to podcasts. We listen to them. You know, if I, I don't really get on a treadmill much anymore, but. If I did, because we do things together. Let me stop you, though. Well, when, you stopped getting on a treadmill when you had your surgery four or five months ago. Well, that's true. So yeah. let's not act like you're not exercising, because you are. Well, yeah. but when, So when you're on a treadmill, you can listen to a podcast. When right. you're in your car, you can listen to a podcast. If you, if you have time in your car co- to listen to Stephen King's uh, Pet Cemetery. You should be listening to podcasts when that enrich your life. You're cooking, when you're cleaning, when you're any of those kind of like tasks that you have to do that are kind of like no brain tasks. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. When you're on a treadmill, there's nothing that takes less concentration than walking to nowhere. <laughs> I think you're right. How many times or have you fallen off nowhere. a treadmill? I don't think I've ever fallen off a treadmill. I've come close a couple times, but I've never fallen. Like if you're trying to hit a top speed. You need all of your concentration. Yes. I get that. Yes. But. If you're trying to be Flojo at the gym on the treadmill, yeah, and you're yeah, yeah. 12 and running until the wheels come off, then maybe don't listen to a podcast. But yeah. if you're if you're at a steady four and a half and you're walking and <laughs> hoofing it, what are you doing? Yeah. Listen to a podcast. Yeah. In fact, listen to the session <laughs> with Londa and David. And pick up some tips. So another thing I want to talk about is anytime that you listen to a podcast, ours, um, or you go to a sales training hours, uh, what you've got to do at the end of that training when you like, just review your notes really quickly yeah. and pick one or two things to implement. Okay. Don't try to do everything. Right. And that's my issue with a lot of big sales trainings is it, here's your system that you have to put in place. And the mm-hmm. bottom line is most of those systems don't work for most people. Right. And that's why I love what I get to do because I get to customize for the business, for the business, yep. for the client, mm-hmm. for the, you know? Yes. And yeah. So pick one or two things that you know you can implement 
Don't let yourself get overwhelmed. This is, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. I like that. We're in it for the long haul. Yes. You want to be successful, then you're going to be in it for the long term. No successful, sustaining business is a get-rich-quick scheme. None. Not one. You may get rich quick. That's not the sustainable part of the business, right? If you invent an app, you may sell it for a lot of money, but then you got to go do something else because it's once and done, Mm -hmm. right? So a sustainable success in business is not quick. It's over time. You got to work at it. Mm -hmm. Now, when I say quick, if your goal is to make $100,000 in a year, that is absolutely doable. And what you just need to do is reverse engineer the amount of effort it will take to make you that kind of money. Right. Right? If you know that the average home price in real estate is $250,000 and you know that the average commission is 3%, you can reverse engineer that to know how many deals you have to do to hit $100,000 of income. And believe it or not, it's not that many, right? Then you go do it. And you don't stop when you hit that number. You keep going. I once was in a in a uh, uh, training, and the girl who did the training is a top producing loan officer. She said, uh, I'm paraphrasing because she used dirtier words, but she said essentially goals are for suckers. And the reason she said that is because she thinks if you have a goal, once you get close, you take your foot off the gas. You limit your your own output, Right. That was a very interesting philosophy. I've always said set a goal and work to the goal. It's really easy to do, though. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But don't take your foot off the gas when you're close. Run through the finish line. Don't walk through the finish line. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things I was saying uh, in this recent training is uh, success is not an accident. Right. Success is is planned. It's it's, uh, strategized. It's executed. Right. You know, it's not an accident. It doesn't happen. It's not happenstance. It doesn't. But the reason that it doesn't come is it's really simple. Success is simple. It's easy to do the steps that will make you successful, especially in a sales position. The problem is it's easy to not do them. Right. And the steps I'm talking about is like everything we've talked about so far in this podcast. Well, and also in the sales process, if you're doing a lot of prospecting and you're making your phone calls and you're trying to schedule the appointments, once you get a few scheduled, you get several scheduled. Now you've got some momentum. You take your foot off the gas from prospecting. That's the easiest trap to fall into. And you're not setting future appointments. Now Mm -hmm. you're just fulfilling those appointments that you've booked. Right. And then you get halfway through that cycle and all of a sudden your books are dropping off and you're wondering what's going on. So the key is to set a schedule for yourself and time block those money-making activities to call new people, right. to ask people to come see you in the salon. Yeah, You schedule that, and then you'll be successful because you'll consistently do it. And you may only do it Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday between 8 and 10. You may only do it then. Well, you can actually figure out how often you have to do it because once you track your numbers mm-hmm. for let's say 30 days, right? you've got enough data to know how many calls you have to make to get enough, to get X number. I have to make X number of calls to make X number of appointments, and I've got to make X number of appointments to close X number of deals. Right. 
once you've got 30 days of data, you've, you've got data you can start working with. And so if you've got a set, if you've got to call eight people to get five appointments and you've got to get five appointments to close three deals, now you know if you want to close three deals every week, you got to call eight people every week. I love that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. And so tracking is everything. Tracking is everything. I think that's true. Tracking is everything. Yeah? Absolutely. Absolutely. I got to tell you, I've really enjoyed this episode because it was nothing but content. It was nothing but uh, what you need to do to be successful. We charge $1,500 for the hour-long seminar that people just got for free. Well, they didn't get all of it. I don't want I don't want them to think they got all of it because they did not. That's but, still good stuff. But they got some highlights for sure. That's good stuff. It's really good stuff. I'm super excited about it. My name's David Austin, and as always, I'm sitting across from the prettiest girl in the world, Londa Sherwood Austin, and we love doing this for you. So I want you to tune in next week at 8 a.m. It's coming to you on the West Coast, 11 a.m. on the East Coast. This has been The Session with Londa and David.